From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And boy, is do we have a hot one for y'all today. Oh my goodness. This might end up being an extra large version of the show today because of all the news that has just been pouring in all day. It has been nutty. Absolutely nutty what's been going on from all the from the start of this morning to coming up tonight. Uh, tonight, it's President Trump in a CNN town hall in New Hampshire talking with voters. And I'll tell you what, that takes some serious stones for a guy like Donald Trump to go on CNN of all places. But, well... It wouldn't be Trump if he didn't. So there's that. But the day started out about a little after 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time this morning when House Oversight Committee chairman and actually a lot of the members of the committee were there at the press conference. Uh, James Comer, the chair of the House Oversight Committee, uh, pretty much laid it out. And amazing in amazing detail to be perfectly honest it blows my mind uh how i mean how this really how this really worked but uh i mean it was just the stuff of practically legend so uh let's start off today with uh james comer uh, this morning on Capitol Hill with members of the uh, House Oversight Committee. Now, I'm not going to play the whole thing. I mean, that would just take way too long. But play you enough of it to at least to give you an idea of what was going on with the committee and everything else and where they were heading. So let's start with uh, James Comer, the chair of the committee. Since taking the gavel in January... The Committee on Oversight and Accountability has accelerated its investigation of the Biden family's domestic and international business practices that we began last Congress. I want to be clear. This committee is investigating President Biden and his family's shady business deals that capitalize on Joe Biden's public office and risked our country's national security. This committee has a duty to ask questions and pursue the facts no matter where they take us. Through the committee's investigation, we intend to provide transparency to the American people and reach legislative solutions. In only four months since obtaining subpoena authority, we have made astonishing progress. Today, we'll talk about that progress. First, we want to discuss information the committee has learned since our last press conference in November. New information investigators have uncovered regarding the transfer of money from foreign entities to the Biden family. M many of the wire payments occurred while Joe Biden was vice president and leading the United States efforts in these countries. First instance, 
while Vice President Biden was lecturing Romania on anti-corruption policies. In reality, he was a walking billboard for his son and family to collect money. Hunter Biden and his associates capitalized on a lucrative financial relationship with a Romanian national who was under investigation for and later convicted of corruption in Romania. The Bidens received over $1 million for the deal. And 16 of the 17 payments to their associates' account that funneled the Bidens' money occurred while Joe Biden was vice president. In fact, the money stops flowing from the Romanian national soon after Joe Biden leaves the vice presidency. This is a pattern of influence peddling. This appears separate from any payment Hunter received from his work connecting this individual to a U.S. law firm. We'll also provide further information regarding the Biden's relationship with China. This includes two individuals the committee is particularly concerned about. One of them, Yi Jinming, had close ties to the highest levels of the Chinese Communist Party and operated a multi-billion dollar energy company with access to large sums of money. Oh yeah, okay. Now that is just a preview of coming attractions. Oh yeah, and it got better. It got a whole lot better. Um, now we find uh, Andy Biggs, who came up to speak, uh, Republican of Arizona, and he kind of took the baton from Chairman Comer, and here's a bit of what he did. Very, very significant issue to the direction of this country, and we appreciate your leadership, and appreciate my colleagues who are here today, um, and also the, the great staff that has done such incredible work um, on behalf of this committee in, in reviewing these records and, and helping us to obtain them. Thank you. And thank you to uh, those of you who are here uh, from the media today. So when we talk about the Biden family and associates, I think it's important for the American people to understand what, mean, what we mean uh, when we're talking about these associates. What, what, what are we really getting at? First, they... They use them as vehicles to move money directly into Biden family accounts. Why is that? It's because they were looking to obfuscate and hide where the money was coming from. For example, the Bidens used their associate Rob Walker to bring in millions of dollars from China and Romania. Walker's limited liability company Robinson Walker LLC paid Hunter, James, Halley, and others in the Biden network more than $2 million after foreign money hit his account. One third to the Bidens. That was the pattern. For example, on March 1st, 2017, only two months after Joe Biden left office, Robinson Walker received a $3 million wire from State Energy HK Limited, a Chinese entity. The next day, one third of that money, $1,065,000, went to the bank account in Abu Dhabi of the company EEIG, which was controlled by James Gilead, another Biden associate. Over the next three months, Robinson Walker LLC sent 16 incremental payments of to more than uh, to, to over five different Biden accounts, totaligning 
This included payments to James Biden, who received five wires and over $50,000, who did no discernible work to earn that money. A third to Gilliard, a third to the Bidens. What was State Energy HK Limited? That is a second class of Biden associates, the people from whom the Bidens conducted business. State Energy HK Limited was a company controlled by Yi Jiaming. Yi was a Chinese billionaire who was a, who was reportedly the former Deputy Secretary General, excuse me, Deputy Secretary Council for an international outreach arm for the People's Liberation Army. It's called the China Association for International Friendly Contact. According to a U.S. agency, that organization is a platform for deploying, deploying undercover intelligence gatherers. Chairman Yi started an energy company called CEFC, China. Yi explained in a speech to the committee uh, that the committee has obtained and translated into English that CEFC China's vision is very simple. It is to obtain overseas resources and serve the national strategy. Not U.S. national strategy, Chinese national strategy. Okay, curiouser and curiouser the mystery grows, hmm? This press conference was loaded to the gills with all of this stuff. Um, even later on in, the con in that press conference, um, Byron Donalds, my, a fellow Floridian, he came up to bat, and man, oh man, did he just do a number. So here's uh, Byron Donalds, a congressman from Florida. With uh, the Biden family, frankly, it's just a web of concealment, of deception. So a lot of people would say corruption. But let's be very clear. You have this many companies involved with this velocity of transactions, size of transactions, like my colleagues have said, this is not how normal businesses operate. Um, I had the ability uh, with Chairman Comer and other members of the committee to go over to the Treasury building and review documents. And having read those documents, one thing is became pretty crystal clear, that there were many people who had serious questions about the transactions and about the velocity of these transactions, and they either get very, very, very deep into concealment, hiding money, shifting money um, and for the purpose we don't know because one thing everybody in this room and the American people definitely know is that the Biden family doesn't really have a business there is no business structure around this family except politics and since Joe Biden has spent decades in the Senate served eight years as vice president and is now president of the United States and the family's getting money from various countries and foreign businesses through various shell companies and this web of LLCs. I mean, guys, you and the press, this is easy pickings. I'm giving you Pulitzer stuff here. Like, all you have to do is literally look at our memo and see the level of detail upon which they have created this. And it's very, it's very, very frustrating. We have now been able to clearly see that the Biden's associates, like Rob Walker, Eric Sherman, has been discussed, created at least 16 companies while Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. 16 companies created while he was vice president. Now the list is 20, and as we continue our investigation, that list is growing. 
And like I said before, the question is, to serve what purpose? And the purpose of all these companies being created is to conceal money that the Biden family has been gaining because Joe Biden has been sitting at the upper echelon of our politics for almost five decades. That is the entire purpose here. Here's an example of what I mean. You have Rosemont Seneca Partners, Rosemont Seneca Advisors, Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, RSP Holdings, RSTP2 Alpha, RSTP2 Bravo, Rosemont Seneca Thornton, Rosemont Seneca Bohai. I want to make sure I pronounce it right. Bohai, B-O-H-A-I. And the list goes on and on. Cycling through this many companies serves no legitimate purpose. And as somebody who actually worked in banking, I did that long before I came here. Whenever there was like this many companies just laying all over the place, and you see wire transfers and cashier checks over here going to random members of the family for no apparent purpose at the size and velocity at which all of this was being conducted, the only logical conclusion of a financial professional is you are concealing money. Let me restate this. You are concealing money from either the IRS or from credit agencies or from other people in general. That's the only reason you set up a structure like this. Okay. Yep-o, folks. There you go. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. Now, that was this morning. Now, this afternoon, oh, oh, you're going to love this. From JustTheNews.com. Headline, Top Republicans Excoriate FBI for Noncompliance with Subpoena for Alleged Biden Bribery Doc. Oh, oh. Oh, essentially, the FBI just told James Comey, not James Comey, oh my God, uh, James Comer, oh, I don't even want to think about that piece of work, but anyway, <clears throat> so they just told the chair, the FBI did, of the House Oversight Committee, which had, and the subpoena that was sent to them, uh, they pretty much said, uh, screw you, uh, no thanks, we're not copping up a thing. Now that, absolutely, without a doubt, in my mind, I mean, that was a mind blower to even Senator Chuck Grassley. And he was pretty ticked off. Oh my goodness. I'm just re reading this story that uh, the Republicans on the, on the House Oversight Committee, so James Comer subpoenaed the FBI for a form called FD-1023, which uh, they believed that was in the possession of the FBI. And this um, information came via a whistleblower to Senator Grassley. Now, they haven't, this whistleblower hasn't been named at all because from every single report, that I've seen that the whistleblower from the FBI is afraid for his life because if somehow he's been outed, he believes he's going to be killed by the FBI or somebody. So, yeah, I mean, it's that serious. 
It is that serious. And Senator Grassley believes that uh, believes that the document does actually exist. And the fact that seems to be being hidden by the FBI, completely and ignoring a congressional subpoena for a congressional committee that does have oversight. So yeah, it just, this, this is just disgusting. Uh, absolutely disgusting. And only continues to prove once again why a weaponized FBI and a weaponized Injustice Department cannot nor should be trusted. And when appropriation time comes, I sincerely hope to God that there are some people who have some real steel in their spine and they say, uh-uh, you're not getting one stinking dime of any money until you cough that up. You want to play hardball? Fine. Let's play hardball. You want your money? You cop up the document. But I don't see, I mean, and of course, I'm sure this particular document will be classified, which means nobody gets to see it. That's basically what we're dealing with. But again, and the White House responded after Comer's news conference this morning, saying that, oh, Comer's politically motivated in this investigation, blah, blah, blah. I mean, my gosh, I could have set my watch by that. I knew what they were going to do. And I'm sure it was real fun uh, today when the Cabbage Patch doll of a press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, had a uh, the White House uh, press briefing today. Oh, I bet it was just a major league hoot. <laughs> that is for sure. So, yeah, we got all kinds of problems. Now, again, uh, to take this a little bit further. Now, um, on Bannon's War Room earlier today, um, the co-host, Natalie Winters, an amazing and remarkable young woman, uh did a story and the and added to uh, Chairman Comer's uh, details. And it was amazing how detailed they were. This is not just some general sort of thing like uh, pencil neck melon had Adam Schiff did for all this time. It's like, oh, we have all this evidence, but we can't show you. And the, and the mainstream media ate it up. And he had eventually nothing. It was a nothing burger with fries. And so now Kevin McCarthy took his sorry arse and along with his fellow uh, demoncrat, Eric Swolehead, who was getting it on with a Chinese intelligence operative. Uh, and of course, uh, Swolehead got all upset when MTG brought it up. I thought, I love that. I absolutely love that. Because methinks he doth protest too much. But anyway, so here's Natalie Winters uh, to this morning on uh, Steve Bannon's War Room talking further about the story about uh, the meeting of the Romanian uh, official 
uh, back during the time of Vice President Biden. So let's go into this a little bit. All over this right now. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, we probably could have had a cold open that lasts through the first two segments of the show, but I really think it's fair to say that the Oversight Committee is firing on all cylinders. And just sort of to contextualize this hearing, because there's really three parallel tracks, I think, of investigation going on here. The first is, of course, correspondence from Hunter Biden's hard drive, which is something that the War Room Posse is very familiar with, right? That leaked back the last election cycle. But what we're seeing now is really substantiating these claims really to the highest degree um, with evidence coming primarily from bank records, which have been obtained via subpoenas issued by James Comer, but also through whistleblowers. But today, the hearing really focused on what they have obtained from these bank records. And keep in mind, this hearing itself is also occurring at a very interesting time, at least in the story, the arc, when it comes to the CIA's involvement in terms of the letter from the 51 Intel officers, because these bank records directly prove, even though we've known this for a while now, but with incontrovertible evidence that Hunter Biden's hard drive was not Russian disinformation, but that there actually are subpoenaed bank records from four separate banks that prove it. But what really were the bombshells, at least in my opinion, and today's press conference really centered around the country of Romania. Um, obviously, the Chinese Communist Party foreign influence steals we've become sort of desensitized to because there's, they run with abandon in the Biden family, and they really drilled down into CEFC China Energy today. But particularly with the influence peddling scheme relating to Romania, uh, they released some new details. And what's really interesting, if you hone in here, is the time frame. So if you recall, and there's some great clips when they walk you through it, which I hope you guys play later in the show, um, but May 2014, Biden visited Romania uh, as vice president to lecture them about anti-corruption. And later in 2015, um, actually in November, uh, the president, or rather the prime minister for Romania came over to the White House for a visit. Just five weeks later, subpoena bank records show that Rob Walker, a Biden family associate, began receiving what ultimately amounted to a $3 million sum, um, but payments from a Romanian business tycoon who had been accused and was under investigation for corruption. Again, that's just five weeks after the leader of Romania uh, was being hosted at the White House. That's, of course, a similar pattern back in 2014 when Hunter Biden visited China with his father, Joe Biden, and less than two weeks later, $1.5 billion is funneled into a joint venture involving the Chinese Communist Party. So this Romania story is really interesting because a lot of times the mainstream media and Democrat, Democrats have written off this whole investigation saying that the time frame doesn't comport with Joe Biden's tenure as vice president. But this time frame, again, starting in 2015 and running through 2017, uh, directly contradicts that. And on the last, the third kind of, of the three-prong assault on the third track of this investigation, that has to do with whistleblowers. And where we stand on that, they have yet to reveal the identity um, of the country and really any further details when it comes to that FD 1023 form that they've subpoenaed the FBI for. That's, of course, working in conjunction with Senator Grassley's office. But they did reveal today um, that they have given the FBI until noon today to comply with that subpoena or they will resort to other methods to get that information. And uh, Comer also revealed that he'd be issuing additional subpoenas um, 
uh, to, I believe it was eight more banks, bringing that to a total of 12 to really drill down on these financial records. Okay. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Whoo! <coughs> oh, excuse me. This is just way too intense. Now, that was earlier today. Now, along that same line, as I just said recently, uh, just a few moments ago, that the FBI pretty much told Comer and Senator Grassley, uh, you ain't getting it, screw you, go suck on this. And I'm like, oh man. Now, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen at this point now that the FBI has pretty much proven that they're going to use their resources and their top people to hide this information from Congress and from the American people. Wow. I mean, I really didn't even think that this, this wasn't a really a surprise given the pattern of behavior that Christopher Wray and the FBI and its upper echelon have done for quite a while. So no, this isn't a uh, this isn't a surprise to me, but I'd like to see what they would do next uh, in this because we now know what's going on, uh, and the investigation is going to continue. The subpoenas are going to continue, and I'm really hoping that James Comer is smart enough to make sure that he releases those bank records because we already know what happens. Now, if he doesn't do it, then he's going to be essentially the Republican version of pencil neck, melon head, Adam Schiff. And I don't think he really wants that because when those, and here's four simple words you have to remember in order for this to make sense because the mainstream media is going to try to uh, throw a monkey wrench in it. The White House has already started to muddy the waters today. Four simple words. Bank records don't lie. They don't lie. They don't have an agenda. They don't have selective memory problems. They don't hide things. They don't do false narratives. The bank records are the bank records. And the fact that I the fact that they've got them from banks already and even more to come, that tells me that this is a huge deal. It's a huge, huge deal. And the fact that the FBI is once again stonewalling, okay, yeah, that really tells me something right there. But in a somewhat related story, uh, as Miss Winters talked about the, the letter, the bogus letter signed by 51 intelligence uh, officials that the laptop from hell, Hunter Biden's laptop, was Russian disinformation. And, now, and we know that's a full-blown lie. But when you dig a little deeper, that... It's not just Mike Morrell, and John Solomon did, a, once again, a fabulous job uh, putting it out there. 
that Mike Morrell, the deputy director of the FBI during the Obama years, uh, was the one who went out and got all these people to sign this letter and to give it to now Secretary of State Anthony Blinken when he was a campaign advisor uh, for Joe Biden. So now, and it's not just, and, and even more information. I mean, I love John Solomon. The man absolutely is amazing. He now found out in subsequent reports after he reported about what Mike Morrell had done, it wasn't just him. No, no, no. It wasn't just him, uh, Morrell. It was active duty employees of the CIA who actually helped him with this. They were working for the agency and they helped get those 51 signatories. I mean, my gosh, folks. And now Blinken wants to kind of, oh, well, you know, deflect, deny, and say, oh, it's not that important, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it is. Absolutely it is. Because you, Tony Blinken, before you became Secretary of State, you were involved very much in political and election interference by getting these people to sign a letter which they all damn well knew was false and was later proven to be false, but now you don't care. You know, it's like it's no big deal. It's like, no, sorry, sorry, uh, well, sorry, not sorry. So, yeah, trying to distance yourself from the origins of this bogus letter isn't going to help you, buddy. You are connected with this. So whether you like it or not, you're involved, Blinken. Just one more sad, unfortunate, uh, well, traitor, frankly, because these, these 51 intelligence officials got involved in an American election by agreeing to a full-blown lie. I mean, I'm just going to call it as it is. It was a full-blown lie. So, yeah. Okay, gotta love that one, folks. You do indeed. Uh, but, oh my goodness. Let's see here. Oh, oh my, I told you we were loaded today. Loaded to the gills. Now, of course, yesterday was a big day uh, in that uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy went to the White House for the, uh, I guess, the ill-fated meeting with uh, Biden, along with uh, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, on the whole uh, debt ceiling deal. Now, of course, you know, no big surprise here. Um, Biden has said they're not really going to negotiate. Uh, and, you know, and I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, <laughs> that, that's not really a surprise, but, and, and, and nothing was really accomplished, but keeping in mind, it has been over 90 days, 97 days since Biden has agreed to talk with anybody 
and the clock is ticking. I mean, I think they're going to try to... They're playing a game of economic chicken. You know, here's all of Biden's yahoos, uh, Grandma Yellen and uh, Jerome Powell, the, ch the chair of the Fed, and, and all of these guys, plus uh, against McCarthy, the House Republicans, and 43 Republican senators who are letting... Uh, McCarthy take the lead as far as the negotiations go. So this is going to be really funny to watch, but just a little something from uh, Speaker McCarthy yesterday when he addressed the media outside of the White House after his meeting uh, with congressional leaders and uh, Joe Biden. ...has raised the debt ceiling and passed the bill. That's why we had a meeting today. Everybody in this meeting reiterated the positions they were at. I didn't see any new movement. The president said the staff should get back together. But I was very clear with the president. We have now just two weeks to go. If Chuck Schumer could pass something, we'd go to conference right away and solve that. But I don't think Chuck Schumer could pass anything. They haven't dealt with it. Unfortunately, the president has waited 97 days without ever meeting. I would hope that he'd be willing to negotiate for the next two weeks so we could actually solve this problem and not take America on the brink. The House... Yep. Uh, but now you've got people, like, you've got Biden uh, mulling the idea of using the 14th Amendment to do an end-around Congress, and, you know, that's just not going to be helpful... For him, Plus, there's even been reports that Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, Grandma Yellen, is calling CEOs of some major corporations, warning them of a default. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I hope to God that's not true, because otherwise we know essentially a little bit of a clue as to what Biden's going to do. He's not. He, he's going to try to play the run out the clock, and they're going to try to do something and tell essentially McCarthy and the House uh, to heck with you. Uh, I'm going to do this myself, and we're going to default, and we're going to, and we and the corporate media are going to blame you. Now, that is stupid. That is economic suicide. What's even worse than that? You add what's going on overseas with the de-dollarization uh, for trade uh, in countries uh, like Brazil and China and others in the Middle East trying to get away from the dollar as the world's primary reserve currency. That doesn't help either. So we're, we got a whole big mess coming. And of course, let's not forget, um, tomorrow is the day that America gets truly invaded. Title 42 officially ends at midnight tonight. And it's not going to be helpful because Already, there have been reports of heavy gunfire down on the U.S.-Mexico border. You also have Homeland Security blasting it out there to criminal illegals. 
that, hey, you know, we're going to be doing operations in El Paso. You might want to go somewhere else so you can sneak in. And Mayorkas, as once again, act, is an absolute fool and an evil SOB and really needs to be impeached. I don't know if that's going to happen. But one way or another, people like Mayorkas and Merrick Garland at the Injustice Department and Christopher Ray at the FBI, these guys are going to seriously have to be held to account. I don't know how, but these are evil people who are allowing this evil. And Mayorkas, right now, at least tomorrow, is going to be the head honcho of this absolute criminal enterprise. I mean, there's so much stuff to this. I don't know, but let's take tomorrow stuff, tomorrow stuff tomorrow. Tonight, getting ready for uh, President Trump to uh, do the town hall on CNN in New Hampshire, and I'm going to love watching this. <laughs> I'm going to really love to see how really fearless uh, Trump is to go on a network that absolutely hates him. Thank God the person who's conducting the town hall is not like Anderson Cooper or Jake Tapper or anyone like that because frankly they're all sick twisted and they need to be smacked pretty hard uh, because they will never and how many questions and how many people there are kind of plants by CNN to try to throw a major league monkey wrench uh, into Trump but right now the Trump train is going at warp 9 let's face it he has reached 60% in polling for the primary I mean if you've got a huge honking lead I mean you can pick a state Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia Florida Ohio, New Hampshire, pick one. Trump is skunking everybody. If there's going to be any kind of a debate, it's going to be for second place or to see who Trump might choose as his VP or somebody or people who are running to maybe uh, get a cabinet level position uh, in the next administration. I don't know, but. <laughs> this is just really hilarious, but I'm just, but I'm gonna see what happens, and I will definitely give you my thoughts and observations tomorrow. And with that in mind, folks, I'm gonna call it a night and get ready for this uh, great event because it's gonna, it's really gonna be interesting to see how Trump handles this. I, I'm really looking forward to see what he does. So. Take care, everybody. God bless. Have a great evening tonight. And hopefully you'll be watching the town hall like I will. So, so take care, everybody. God bless. See you tomorrow. And remember, as always, patriots come in all colors.